Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast. Today, we're talking to a certifiable sales genius, Joe Ingram. Welcome to the program. Thanks so much, Umar. Yes, certifiable. I've been called that so many times in my life. (laughs) I think it meant something different than uh, most people give credit for. Brilliant. So two salespeople go through the same training. They come out and they deliver dramatically different results. They made solemn promises. I'm going to follow this training. And so why the Delta? Why do you, what gets in the way of salespeople reaching their potential? A majority of the salespeople you'll find, so there's two factors that come into into play. Um, One of them is most trainers only train in the medium in which they process information. So when you look at visual, auditory, kinesthetic learners, right? If I'm a visual learner, I tend to put everything up on a board or on a computer screen and tell everybody to learn. Okay, and so two people go into a class, but if the training isn't customized to their learning, right, and how they understand, yeah, that modality, if you don't touch on that and don't include it, then that person is basically learning in a different language. So the the ease of application isn't there at the end of the of what they've learned. Absolutely. And when I learned to uh, be a a keynote speaker, one of the things that I learned was this, is that, you know, there's five senses, six one, if you believe in that sort of stuff, I do. So you've got what you see, what you hear, uh, what you touch, what you taste, what you smell. And the three main ones, of course, are what you see, what you hear, what you feel. And so it turns out that people that are very visual use visual language, and they tend to talk faster because they're firing off pictures in their head. And the people that are auditory talk at a normal pace, and then people that are kinesthetic sometimes talk a little bit slower than the rest. And they use feeling words like impact. Uh, You've come across this before, Joe? Absolutely. Absolutely. In any of the, again, on a keynote, right, as we both do, but as a keynote, I have no ability to go pass out an assessment ahead of time to figure out what they are. I just but assume- a lot of people, when they try and do a keynote, they do pass out. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so usually just throw up first is easier and then yeah. <laughs> get less stress. But yeah, so you need uh, to connect uh, human to human, right? Correct. And so instead of you staying in your own modality, and if you can reach out and understand that there's three sitting out there, three major ones, right? I can't, I can't throw on like popcorn in the background in my training, hoping that every time they smell popcorn later, they're going to go back to my training method. But I, I will sit down and touch in all three of those areas. And you know, what's unique, Umar, and this is what I love listening to people all the time is that if you're presenting something visually, if you're presenting it the auditory way with the correct language and the right verbiage mm-hmm. and all that, and then all of a sudden, you know, you go back to the, let's go into the impact, the feeling, the, mm-hmm. I want to, to do all of these things. Can you start working with the, the kinesthetic person that's trying to take notes and things like that? As you go through, guess what? Nobody heard it three times. Oh, yeah. 
right? As you're presenting it and going through, they don't go, wow, he repeated himself, you know, two different ways on top of what I heard because they don't speak it. And so somebody speaking Spanish, Chinese, and English, if you only speak Chinese, you can't, you're not going to understand the other, other words. Absolutely. But one of the things that is like so annoying is when great speakers repeat themselves and nobody notices and people retain it longer that we actually, we're more self-conscious about that than we need to be, number one, because great trainers really nail that point several times. But this is how I was trained. Come on stage and you basically talk at a slower pace using kinesthetic words and every single kinesthetic person in that room goes, huh, you're talking to me and they come on board. You don't lose the other people. They're just like not as interested. And then after a minute or two, you start speeding up to auditory, use auditory words. And because you built up rapport with the kinesthetics, they stay with you. And then after a little while, you go to the fast visual stuff using visual words. And then you come back down and it's almost like you're doing the scales in a way. One, it makes your talk more interesting. Two, everyone connects. And three, it forces you to be more engaged because you're not just up there parroting some kind of thing you've done a million times that you're paying attention to body language and connection. And I think bringing that back down to sales, it's at least my worldview. It's not about me. It's about you, my customer. And if I can pay attention to you and you feel attended to that, we move further along on that sales conversation rather than I'm talking and you're like basically disconnected from me. Absolutely. Um, when it comes to sales itself, right? So I believe in my philosophy, when I come back to it, I tell everybody all the time, I say my responsibility as a salesperson is to provide my prospect with the logical reasoning to justify their emotional decision. So they're yeah, going to want to feel that they want to do something. Can you, can you give them the words that they could then explain to somebody else as to why they made that emotional decision? And if you can provide them that where they feel comfortable in parroting back what you said, then all of a sudden, because again, what do we do? We tell you, let's go over the features, the advantage and the benefit of the product. Well, all of that is doing what? Helping them to come to a decision, but giving them the ability to use those words again later when somebody says, why did you do this? Well, because of this feature, the advantage, the benefit, blah, 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 blah. And so that's what I look at and say, can you do that? But my whole belief is check my ego at the door and if I check my ego and I say, what do I need to be? What part of me do I need to bring out to match this person so that I can be who they feel comfortable enough with buying from? That's a lot easier than going with everybody in there. Hey, I sat down with a prospect or I did a meeting with somebody and I'm chasing a 25% close rate. And I'm like a 25% close rate. If there's four distinct personality types in the world, you're selling to the other person like you. That's yep. a 75% failure rate. I can't afford that. And so my answer is if we all have all four within us, just to different level degrees, depending which personality profile you want to build off of. But if you look at that, I say, oh, if there's four, then why don't I take that part of me that maybe isn't the most dominant? And why don't I utilize that part of my personality now? so that I can match you in your dominant personality style, and then I can go back. So I can hit your learning style. I can hit your personality typing. I can match and mirror physically. I can match and mirror audibly. 
And so, and I think that's where a lot of people miss the boat is that they don't understand how to match somebody and the match and mirror is completely off Absolutely, and they don't get it. So one of the areas to kind of just take that a little bit deeper is uh, sometimes when someone's talking, their hands are an extension of their thoughts and they go, Joe, uh, the situation was just horrendous. And this gesture over here isn't just a gesture. This represents three years of pain and suffering. And what I'm looking for, Joe, is uh, something that's going to help us. And so when you go to do the finalize the close, so I understand that you want to let go of the past and you do that same gesture. It's not just a gesture. You're tapping into three years of pain. And our solution is going to allow you to get the freedom you want. And paying attention to gestures and realizing they're more powerful than you think, just there's always a better way. And we're always learning new techniques to get better. And I think the only way you can do that, Joe, is what you described checking my ego at the door and people that are great are always looking for nuances and new strategies to do better. And people that have high ego is like, no, 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 I know how to do that. The other day I was talking to a VP of sales and it was like, no, no, I don't need that. I've been doing this for a while. And it's like, how many of your salespeople are hitting quota? I don't want to talk about that because that would bring the reality of you need to learn, but their ego won't let them. So how important is mindset to a salesperson's journey? Okay, without it, again, because that, that's what separates the, the big boys from the little boys, right? The mindset of I'm forever learning and I need to take from you something, right? If, if I walk into every scenario and say, I'm going to learn something from this individual, I don't know what it is yet, but I'm going to learn something from this individual. That's a different one, uh, a different mindset than the person who says, I'm closed off to whatever you're going to try and teach me. Okay, so I'm, I'm one of those individuals that when you say, you know what you need to do, my brain just throws up this big block that says, don't tell me what to do. Right. Yeah. And so it, it's really bad. Like every time I run a company or I run all these different things, I go in and somebody will go, they go, good night, have a good night, boss. And I go, don't tell me what to do. Right. It, it, even to that level of somebody wishing yeah. you well. Right. And I'm like, no, 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 don't do, don't tell me what to do. And they go, oh, well, then don't have a good night. I go, still you telling me what to do, yeah. right? So you got to work on that, that, that oh, inner yeah. parroting and that, that voice that comes up and says what's going on. But again, are, are you open to it? Do you see there's something, right? So again, when you go in to train somebody, when you're going in to say, hey, Mr. VP of sales, right? I will always sit down and talk with them and ask them the, the questions and said, you know what? Let's just say, and again, you got to make it silly for them. You go, look, wave a magic wand. What's the biggest problem we want to go to go away right now? Right? Absolutely. The one, the one that you, you looked at it. If you looked at it, you said, as soon as I, I as soon as I fix this, because we know you can fix it. I just want to know if you fix this today, what would make the most impact right now? And they go, oh, well, if so-and-so would get off of his behind and, you know, do more sales calls or do more this, do more that. And then I said, so, okay, now looking at that, if, if we get so-and-so, would you object for me to go sit down and have a conversation with, find out what's holding him back? Right. And I always bring back in, especially to executives. And um, I was talking to a, a, an executive leader over at Verizon last week. And so as I was talking with her, she said something, she goes, man, I really need you to talk to my people. And I said, and she goes, and I talk and I said, whoa, whoa, stop. I said, at this point in time, you talk at them. You don't talk to them. 
And I said, you have become, and I'll date myself with this reference, Charlie Brown's teacher. Yep. They're parent deaf. And she's like, they are parent deaf. That's what I say. I'm like, these guys are just like my kids. They're just like my kids. And I go, well, you do sound like wah, 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 wah to them because you're just saying the same thing over and over again. They can't hear you. We all could learn something from our friend's mom that our mom had been yelling at us for weeks to learn. Right. But the difference was the delivery. Yeah. And also delivery and also our beliefs around that person. Because mom doesn't know anything and she's trying to control me. And so we've got all of those filters in as well. But uh, but totally brilliant. And I think uh, you can only do what you said, Joe, is if you build that level of trust. Do you mind if I have a conversation with Bill and figure out what's going on? If you don't have trust, they're not going to let you do that. But if you have that trust, then it's like a no-brainer. It's like, of course, you could do that. So it all comes down to... So, Joe, let me ask you this question. Uh, how old are you now? 52. You don't look a day over 51, by the way. But what's exactly. something that you yeah, in your working 40- with the collagen? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what's something that you used to do in your 40s that you got a breakthrough on that you let go of that allowed you to be this fabulous person now? Like what's something recent that you broke, had a breakthrough on that allowed you to improve? So um, in my 40s, I attempted to build rapport. Okay, all the way up into my 40s, the answer was, again, if you go back, um, everybody says you got to build rapport to get to the next level for to go on, right? Like, listen, believe, and buy is what you're looking at. I, I think it takes too long. And so between 40 and 50, what I learned was I said, I'm assuming we have rapport. So that's the concept I have, which is assumed rapport. And that's what I teach people. I'm like, you know what? If it's going to take a friend to get them to understand why they need to buy, then just assume your friends and move forward. They'll check you if you're not. And I and Absolutely. I'm if you look at it based on, you know, depending on which personality profile you go through, it's it's almost 70 percent of the population is worried more about relationships and liking than they are about results. And so looking at that, I'm going to say if seven out of 10 people are worried about the like part of it, assume the like part, move forward. I'm already 50% ahead of everybody else because they're still looking at that, that 20, 25%, 20 to 25% of them that they're trying to match exactly. I'm going to say we're already friends. So in my mind, we're already friends, which means I'm going to talk to you as if we are. So that's brilliant uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, when we don't think we have that connection and we pretend to have it, they can sense it. So when you authentically go, oh yeah, we're friends, we've got rapport. And, and the second part was, it sounded like when you're in your 40s, you're actively trying to get rapport. And when you're in your 50s, you're just in rapport. It's no trying, you're just assuming and doing, and it's a different connection and vibe. So oftentimes we think the other person, whether it's your spouse, your kids, your customer, have all the power when the reality is you've got so much power within you if you just let yourself just step into that role and not be concerned about, will they like me? Won't they like me? Am I doing it right? Am I not doing it right? Right. And, and if you look, right, if in the basis of our clientele, depending on what you do, for the most part, right? All of my clients in the sales world, I'm not hanging out with them on the weekends. 
right? I'm not looking for my spouse, your spouse, let's go hang out, let's go to dinner, let's go do, hey, why don't we travel someplace together? That That's not what we're doing. We're in the, what is it the one thing we have in common? We have a desire to increase sales for your company, right? And as your friend, my goal is to increase sales in your company. So that's my focus. And so if we have a shared focus, we're automatically in rapport because we have a same goal, right? What is it that we tell everybody? Find common ground. They have common ground. Otherwise, they wouldn't be talking to you. They're looking for an improvement. You can bring an improvement. All I got to do is get you to get past your ego. I myself, I use humor. The second I get you to laugh with me, the ego checks out. The wall between what you know versus what I know goes away. And now whatever it is I'm trying to share with you can be absorbed at a deeper level without the filter of ego, right? And I always tell everybody, say, to me, ego is edging gross out of your sales. So that's what I tell them. Don't do it. Yeah. So just going back to what you said. uh, It was so many brilliant things. I don't know what you're going to go back to. I'm going to have to pick one out of the things. And a lot of brilliant things are the obvious things that people miss. So I wrote this down, you know, we have a common agenda, whereas a lot of salespeople really think that is adversarial. Like, you don't want to hire me. I got to force you to hire me. And then some sales manager says, you have the same agenda. And they go, yeah, yeah, sure. But it's more like a superficial bullshitty kind of thing. And what you're talking about is build enough rapport. And then it's the authenticness of, hey, we both want the same thing. How can we work together to make that happen? And it's all about our state and our intention that needs to go there. And sales is simple if you let it be. And it's difficult and challenging if if you just do what you've always done in the way you've done it. And just going to another workshop or another seminar ain't going to help because you're going to get a veneer of stuff that isn't you. And it has to be authentic. And only way to get authentic is to let go of the fear and the anxiety So Joe, I've met some of your fans and they think you walk on water and, uh, I do. I've actually taken a bottle of water, poured it on the ground, walked right over it. It's, it's very, very miraculous. And even when it rains, I walk outside. Yeah. I'm not scared. (laughs) I'm not a witch. I'm not going to melt. So what attribute do you think you have that really appeals to those folks that builds that level of trust and that level of uh, conviction? So the one thing I do is I laugh at myself. Okay. So when you laugh at yourself, it shows the humility. And when you can laugh at yourself, they stop and realize because usually what I'm laughing about of myself is what they're kicking themselves for because they've done it. So when I laugh at it, right, again, that's in, I, as you get older and you focus on we're already in rapport, which means I can drop the facade of being perfect. And so to me, the answer is I, I can be imperfectly perfect, right? But if my focus is strictly being who you need me to be. So my ability to utilize the part of my personality to match theirs to break the first wall down, right? Implement the humility and say, I can mock myself because of the fact that, guess what? We're the same. And then all of a sudden, the barriers are gone. And I can hear you for what you're trying to say and where you're going. So two final questions for you, Joe. Question number one, 
your negative voice inside your head, what does that say to you to stop you from being awesomer? And question number two is, what's a challenge you're working on for Joe right now to make him better, stronger, faster? So I will tell you that negative voice, okay, um, comes from a lot of what's going on today, which is if I am truly me, right, how many people will run? Right. So for me, the answer is always, can somebody handle me at full strength or do I need to dilute myself to get to the point? Right. I don't want to be the to me. My answer is I want to be like a isolated ice cream. Right. But that means I'm never going to be in the top 10 of ice cream (laughs) that's there. So and I hate ice cream. So the example is just weird. But yes. So there's a guy called Gear Maxwell, who's a Canadian uh, marketing expert, and he had said this one thing that ties into that, is if your marketing does not have the ability to offend, it does not have the ability to convince. And I think getting Joe at 100% strength is going to sort people out. It's either they love you, or it's like, eh, or we hate you, but it's the people that love you are the raving fans that uh, allow you to succeed. And so that last question, what's a challenge you're working on for you? Um, the, uh, how do my personal challenge that I'm working on is how do I release a lot of the daily to do's to get some. So my thing now is I need a virtual assistant. I know that scaling is important, but being a control freak is also what I need to be involved in all the way through. And so, um, but I've actually, I set up meetings with probably three different VA companies and going through and putting it all out there because letting go of the control so that it can, the company can grow beyond me. Right. And I've done it before. I've given up peace, given up peace. We're still here. Right. It's just getting myself to get past that initial until it's perfect. I can't hand it off. Right. And I'm limiting myself because somebody else's creativity and expertise in that area could expand us so much further than what my understanding of that area is, right? I completely trust my accountant. I give him all the stuff and tell him, okay, do I cut a check? Do I not? I don't go dig deep. And, say, and his name is Shady Malone, and you still trust him. That's amazing. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I've never met him in person. I just dropped my stuff off under a door. Yeah, no, but it's a... Uh, But when I look at that, I'm like, I will do that because I have no desire to learn that part. But if there's a somewhat desire to learn it, then my answer is I want to learn it before I delegate it, which, again, slows me down. So, Joe, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, Hard to believe it's 23 minutes, but it just flew by. Thanks a lot. I'm looking forward to our next conversation. Fantastic. Thanks, Umar. Appreciate you. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 